Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. If Mary had a little lamb, you can bet she'd talk to her about it. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I hear there will be little lambs at Farm Technology Days this week. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Aaron Zimmerman and I are taking over the show this morning. Farm Technology Days is where you can find Farm Director Pam Yankee. This Tuesday morning, we'll hear from ag meteorologist Stu Muck on what we can expect today for heat and chance of rain. And stay tuned for John Heinberg, marketing advisor from Total Farm Marketing in West Bend. The crop report came out this week, and we know John will have some good information on that for us today. But first, we'll hear from our friends at Tractor Safety. Stay tuned. Together is always better. Countryside and Landmark are now a single cooperative. Our engaged employees are passionate about doing amazing things together for our members, for our customers, and for each other. Because together is what the cooperative spirit has always been about. And together is how we'll make the future even brighter than today. We are all Simia, and we are all together now. Learn more at ALCIVIA.com. We need you and your rain gauge. It's time for the Rural Mutual Rainfall Report, and we need you to text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from, because every month we'll pick a winner that will get a digital weather station, courtesy of the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Today is day one of Farm Technology Days in Eau Claire County, and we sure invite you in. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire County. And so many things are going to be going on that maybe didn't happen before. Tractor safety certification and tractor driving contest in Wisconsin has always been held every year. But this year, a special place for it. At Farm Technology Days, uh, Aaron, what does that mean? What's going to happen? So instead of having those regional contests, they're going to hold everything this year at the Farm Technology Days. Aaron Zimmerman here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And you know, when we think about this contest and learning about this, it's something that really comes to mind as an important piece of the farming and agriculture industry, you know, especially when getting our youth involved. And Wisconsin is one of those unique ones that not only are students that are 14 and 15 year olds able to get certified to drive tractors on their parents' farm or other farms that they work on, but in Wisconsin, 12 and 13 year olds are also able to get certified to work on their own parents farm, operate machinery and drive on the roads. A little while back, I actually got to attend another one of these tractor certification safety programs and talked to Cheryl Scholas of the UW Center for Ag Safety and Health. She talked with me a little bit about the importance of these programs, kind of how they've evolved and changed over time and really what they focus on to get these students involved in agriculture and fill that need for employees across the industry. So the program is to provide basic farm safety. So beyond the tractors, but tractors and machinery are a primary focus. And to provide our youth with that awareness to safety, understanding safe operation of, of tractors and machinery, 
The reason we put this on, one is that it is a federal and a state requirement, but it also was through the years an important part of our agricultural community and getting that next generation started understanding farm safety and learning it from somebody else other than mom and dad who might not know. So it's been a great program and it, it gives that kids that basic understanding. So tell me about with the requirement, what kids can participate as far as age, who, who you're trying to target? So there's, there's two focuses here in Wisconsin, and Wisconsin is the only state that has a requirement that if you're going to drive on a public road, that you need to have this course. And if you're doing that for your parent or guardian, you need it to, at age 12. And then federally, there's a Department of Labor regulation that if you're going to work on a farm because farming has its hazardous occupation order, that you need that Department of Labor certificate. And those kids can get that certificate at 14 years of age. So it's 14 and 15-year-olds for the federal certificate. All of them, the 12, 13, 14, 15-year-olds, get the state certificate then on related to operating on public roads. Now share with me, we were talking a little bit more about before that this course or just tractor safety courses in general have a pretty deep history here in Wisconsin and things go back a long time. Tell me a little bit about that like we were talking before. So the roots of this really go back to the 1960s and as agricultural safety was evolving back in you know the 50s and the 60s and we're getting more tractors and different types of machinery out in agriculture and we realized that we had a high rate of injuries and we didn't have that safety you know director that an industry a manufacturing plant would have have it was our, you know, agricultural, our farms, our farm families. And so the roots of it all tie back to the state 4-H and FFA tractor operating contest. And those go back to the 4-H project and to the FFA curriculum. And so that's really where the roots of this have evolved. And so now we're kind of trying to bring it into, you know, today's modern ag equipment um, the tractors used in the 60s are certainly a lot different than we see here in, in 2021. Are you seeing a pretty good response on the courses every year? We keep hearing about a labor shortage in a lot of places and especially agriculture. Why is this important to helping provide labor for farmers? So in the last couple of years, we've seen some more interest from our older, those 14 and 15 year olds, as farms recognize if they're going to hire those kids, that they need to have that Department of Labor certificate um, as part of their training program. You still have to train them, but it's part of that training program. Overall, we still see, you know, pretty consistent numbers. Sometimes it cycles in the area just because, you know, number of farm families have gone down. The 12 and 13 year olds might not be there. I think the thing about like the program we're doing here with Dane County is a pilot program online. And so why it's being hosted here in Dane County, we have kids from Walworth, Jefferson, Rock, you know, so we were able to offer that online, bring them together for the driving parts of it, and, and still be able to reach back to those farm communities that need it. 
So what all goes into this course then to get the certification? What do the students have to do in order to get that certificate and be able to work on either their parents' farm if they're younger or someone else's if they're a little older? So it's a 24-hour course overall. And so part of that is a classroom session that we're evolving into online parts of it. There are some homework and reading assignments that are, are part of that. And then there is the driving practice and then the driving exam. And then based on the different areas of the state, they may bring in a farm, you know, rescue ambulance to include that part of it. Some of them might have somebody come in and talk about irrigation electricity. So there's part of the 24 hours that allow for general farmstead safety. So we touch on animal handling and, and different components. So some great programs throughout Wisconsin. Now let's get to the actual course here. What are some of the things that in the course, when we get to the practical side of things, when the students get in the tractor, what are some things that they're doing that they are really, you find important for them to learn? You know, you start, said when it started, it was because there was a demand, there were a lot of accidents, problems happening. What are some accidents and problems that might happen now or things that maybe you see when students get out here that they really need to learn about or need to improve on? You know, it's starting before they even get up on that tractor. You know, do they come, you know, ready for the job so they have a dress requirement for today? When they approach the tractor, you know, are they checking around the tractor that there's nobody there? Do they get on and off the tractor with a three-point mount and dismount instead of jumping on and off the tractor? When they get in that tractor, do they set it up for themselves? Do they make sure that everything's clear? And then as they go through the course, it's, you know, basically seeing and assessing that they can handle the tractor. Within the course, we have a flag that is a stop sign. So they just stop, scan the intersection because we have that road component, proceed through, being able to turn with that long attached two-wheel implement, and then show their backing skill at the end. You know, and, and the end is supposed to be like a shed, so we don't want to see those kids hitting their buildings at home and so lots of basic skills built into it. Do you ever see that there is one certain thing that gets forgotten? You know when we talk about getting work done on the farm and wanting to be efficient, wanting to get things done, sometimes people cut some corners and that's something you really don't want to do especially when you're working on the farm and working with equipment as big as this and everything. Is there things that you see that get missed here that you continue to emphasize to the students? getting on and off the tractor you know it's easy to be young and come jumping off that tractor and you know you don't think about down the road that's going to be a twist of the knee I think the other one here is just getting used to stopping and being able to scan an intersection and proceed on um, you know it's also a course that you know will keep the other participants off the course so just being sure that they have that overall awareness of what's in the area but even throughout the whole program looking at do they have a positive safety attitude um, and then showing that they they can go through and handle that equipment and and this is just the start just because you get that certificate if you go to work for a farmer that farm still needs to train you on each of those pieces of equipment and it doesn't give you you know free reign on all the hazardous occupation stuff. It just is specific to tractors and, and some pieces of machinery. 
Now, when I walked in today, I obviously see you have a few different sizes of tractors. You have things hooked up to them. You know, when we talk about, you say, here's just the start, and they get out to the farm, and then they're on a different tractor or with a different piece of equipment. Let's talk a little bit about what the importance is of making sure that that student's skill level is up to the level of the equipment that they're operating and, you know, what it takes to continue to keep getting them on to the next one or, or getting them trained into more experience. You know, if, if we look at the basic requirements and, and basic safety procedures, you know, and, and in this course we keep emphasizing, you know, look for that information in the operator's manual, ask the question, have, you know, know where the controls are, learn those before you even start it up. And, you know, so if that practice goes back to that workplace, goes back, you know, whether it's the home farm or whatever, you know, learning those different pieces of equipment and pro applying those safety principles. You know, if you hook up that piece of machinery that has that PTO, does it have that shield and guard in place on it? Not taking some of those shortcuts. We've talked a lot about, you know, what might be different PPE that you might, personal protective equipment you might need to wear in those different situations. So when you get back to that, that workplace, that farm, you know, it's still going to go taking that information and going back through putting the time in to really learn the skills. For some of these kids, it's going to be that, that spark that makes them say, I want to know more about how a tractor operates or, you know, I think I could design a better machine. Um, or there might be some job opportunity. Whatever we do, you know, we still believe that everyone should be alive at the end of that workday. That was Cheryl Scolis of the UW Center for Ag Safety and Health at that tractor safety certification program at the Stoughton Fairgrounds here in Dane County. At that program, they had 20 participants from Dane, Rock, Walworth, Jefferson, and Dodge counties. In addition, many other programs like this are held in many different areas of the state. So for youth that are interested in getting certified, whether it's to work at home on the farm or get a new job on someone else's farm, check out the tractor safety certification programs in your area and get signed up right away because seats fill up fast. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. Rural Mutual Insurance is a proud sponsor of the Wisconsin State Fair. As a thank you for your support, they're giving away State Fair tickets. Visit RuralMutual.com slash win and enter to win State Fair tickets. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select Case IH equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Some of America's bravest warriors are returning home wounded. Here's one of them. My name is Norberto Lara. While I was on a combat patrol, a rocket propelled grenade took my arm off at the shoulder. I was discharged from the Army, and I've been working with the Wounded Warrior Project since 2007. I don't have to be severely wounded. A lot of guys have post-traumatic stress disorder. 
being able to share your story kind of helps you wrap your mind around what did happen over there. My name is Norby, and yes, I do suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, but I'm okay. Don't suffer in silence. Contact WoundedWarriorProject.org. If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. I'm Stephanie Hoff with the Midwest Farm Report in for Pam Yankee today. And I'm with Stu Muck, our agriculture meteorologist. Stu, right now Pam is at Farm Technology Days. I'm going to be driving up there this afternoon. What can we expect today? Well, it's going to be very, very, very summer-like in the upper 80s today. And you know that humidity is going to be feeling out there as well. You're going to know that the warm air is here but we have to look at a cool front trying to drop in out of the north and also mention at least a chance, a possibility of a scattered shower or a thunderstorm late afternoon or on into the evening hours. I don't expect this to be a big deal, very hit or miss type rain if we see it. In fact, with that cool front just on the northern edge of Wisconsin, we see rain over the northern Great Lakes and in far northern North Dakota and up into southern Canada. So it's not suddenly going to appear out of anywhere. You know, it's not going to roll in but it may pop up late afternoon or evening, and otherwise we do get a little cooling air behind that. Wednesday sounds like a beautiful day, but again, late Wednesday night or into Thursday, that slight chance for a very scattered shower or a thunderstorm tries to edge in. I don't expect a lot of big rains or anything like that, but in some areas, maybe strong winds or something could be seen. We've got to be on the alert, but I don't think it's a widespread big event, and those temperatures return. They warm up quickly as we head toward Thursday and Friday into the upper 80s. I'd expect some 90s Friday and starting the weekend with that humidity building right in. We'll check the forecast details right after this. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance is a proud sponsor of the Wisconsin State Fair. As a thank you for your support, they're giving away State Fair tickets. Visit RuralMutual.com slash win and enter to win State Fair tickets. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select John Deere equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. For all the people who want to make good things happen, for the experts determined to help others, for the ones who want to be a part of something bigger, there's a career for you at Unity Point Health Meritor. We're hiring people at every experience level who are motivated to improve lives by providing safe, comfortable care. What does it take to make a difference? It just takes you. Find your opportunity online at joinmeritor.com. Know how much you matter to this world. Stephanie Hoff here with our ag meteorologist, Stu Muck. Stu, as you said, it, the temps are going to heat up this week, and it looks like it's going to get hot, 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 and sticky. But is it anything extreme? No, we're not going to make any records. You know, it's not going to be that overly hot where we 
talk about hundreds or anything like that, but some very warm weather in store. Mostly sunny today. That slight chance of a shower late afternoon. Same goes if you're heading up to Eau Claire late in the day before that chance may develop. And the upper 80s today, 87 at Madison, probably 88 or 89 further northwest. And the west winds at 5 to 10. That evening shower, a storm of possibility, partly cloudy overnight. Lower 60s, northeast and east winds at 5 to 10. Partly sunny Wednesday. Low 80s, maybe some upper 70s in the east, a big cool down. But that slight rain chance in the west late in the day. And then by Thursday, Wednesday night and Thursday, a slight chance of a shower, a thunderstorm holding on. Mostly sunny Thursday, the heat turns back on, mid and upper 80s rolling back in. And by Friday, with some sunshine, upper 80s, maybe a 90, going to be a hot end to the week, Stephanie, no doubt about it. And maybe those showers would be a sweet relief. We'll have to see. Thank you, uh, Stu Muck, again, and have a great rest of the day. You too. Drive carefully. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. It's been called the best in Wisconsin, meticulously maintained at 70% humidity. It's the walk-in humidor at the Tasting Room Lounge, a showcase of the finest tasting hand-rolled cigars in the area. The Tasting Room Lounge, a systematically ventilated refuge to enjoy your favorite cigar, spirit, specialty beer, or wine. Indoor or on the patio, find your spot at the Tasting Room Lounge, West Broadway, Monona. You rarely think about it, and it often goes unnoticed until your basement or building floods. A reliable sump pump can be a lifesaver, preventing flooding by detecting water levels and pumping the water back outside, away from your home or business. If your sump pump isn't functioning, contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. They can replace your existing sump pump, floats, and check valves. They'll even upgrade your current system to include a battery backup system. The battery makes sure your system continues to work in the event of a power outage. Away from home, receive pump activation alerts on your smart device. Enjoy peace of mind and improve the value of your property with an upgraded sump pump from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with the strong-armed robbery investigation. On June 30th, 2021, at approximately 4.12 p.m., MPD officers were dispatched to the 100 block of North Butler Street for a strong-armed robbery. The victim was waiting at a bus stop tying her shoe when the suspect hit her and stole her backpack and glasses. The suspect fled the area on foot and is still at large. The victim was not injured from the incident. The suspect is described as a male black, approximately 45 years old, last seen wearing a black shirt and light blue jeans. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. Exciting news. Hi, I'm Tim O'Brien, owner of The Healthy Place. We have spent many hours combing through our prices and we are proud to announce that The Healthy Place now has the lowest prices you'll find in the nation on all of your favorite products. 
In fact, I'm so sure you can't find a lower price, I'll give you a $50 gift card if you do. Just shoot me an email, tim at findyourhealthyplace.com, and share the product you found. Our mission is to help you find your healthy place, and we never want cost to be a barrier in your health journey. The Healthy Place is committed to providing high-quality supplements and vitamins at the most competitive prices in the nation. Come on over to any of our four locations for in-store shopping or curbside pickup, or stay home and take advantage of our same-day delivery in Dane County, free shipping, live chat feature on our website, and phone consultations. Stop in or check us out online at findyourhealthyplace.com. The Healthy Place. Every customer that drives into our shop is a preferred customer. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. When you need service, we automatically hand you a preferred customer card. It's good for specials and discounts like a free oil change. And a courtesy inspection. Tom'sAutoCenter.com Tom's Auto Center Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. At the American Lung Association, we're fighting for a day when we can all breathe easier. We're fighting for clear skies over every city and healthy lungs throughout the country. We're fighting to keep harmful secondhand smoke out of our public spaces and workplaces. And fighting to free millions of Americans from the addictive grip of tobacco and the devastating effects of lung disease. We're fighting for a day when kids no longer battle airborne poisons in their own homes or the fear of an asthma attack. The American Lung Association isn't just fighting for air. We're fighting for all the things that make it worth breathing, and we can use your help. Join us in the fight. Visit fightingforair.org and read about just a few of the many ways the American Lung Association is fighting to protect the air we breathe, both indoors and out. See what you can do at fightingforair.org. Rowdy, on Twitter right now, there's no wrong answer here, but on the Twitter account right now, you have to choose which was more impressive. This right here. The block by Giannis in game four, or my friends, was it what we saw Saturday night? Drew Holiday, Giannis Adenakumbo, the connection that sounded a little bit like this. Back away, it's stolen by Holiday. Phoenix has to foul. And a pinnacle foul throws it down. And a foul. Giannis on the alley. And then Giannis just mean mugs the camera, and I start losing my ish. Let me ask you, man. Now, we've been, and a lot of people have been asking if we're going to go to the Deer District tomorrow night. It'll be packed. It'll be like, what, 27,000, 30,000 people out there in the Deer District, if not more, spilling over? I am probably... Well, they were saying this was leading up to the early games. It was, what, 19,000 in the stadium, twenty to 25,000 outside the in stadium? The early games, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to guess there's going to be about 20,000 in the stadium. And with all of the other people, like, what do we have? Uh, Mike earlier, one of the callers. Yeah, Mike's going, he said. He's going. We've had other people mention about how all of a sudden they're going. These are people that have never been down there yet. Yeah. I'm going to say if they were at 20 to 25, I think it's easily going to be 25 to 30. Well, game, game four... Last time they were there, I think they said there was 27,000 people in the Deer District. So if the Bucks who are possibly hoisting 
their first NBA, you know, championship in the last 50 years, I'm I'm going to go on a limb and say there'd probably be 30,000 plus rowdy. And my like I want to go, but also I want to be able to celebrate if it does happen on air with everyone Wednesday morning. <laughs> and if we go out there and do that, man, I don't know. Uh more will be revealed. But rowdy tickets for game 6. Tickets for game 6. Seat Geek as of yesterday, the ticket range starts at $1,038 to more than $17,000 on the resale market. Over a G for the cheapest ones to if you want to be a baller, shot caller, and you got 30-inch blades on the Impala, 17 large, which is no... This is a drop in the bucket yeah, for the likes of some see, of those. You see, like the Packers, like Preston Smith saying, "Hey, I want to come to the game at Bucks. Give me some tickets." I could see that. I'm going to say guys like that probably don't pay for those tickets. No, uh, I could see it. Like, well, someone's got to pay for them, right? Like Gucci Mane. I see Gucci Mane there. What's Gucci Mane doing? I mean, he on his wrist is there's a, he's got a Lambo on his wrist. I'm talking a Lamborghini. The dude has got like a million, two million dollar watch, and he's wearing like three watches. I don't think seventeen thousand dollars is a problem for Gucci Mane. And, it's, it's, and people well, like it's not the fact stature. that it's going to be a problem. It's just that they probably get it for free. Yeah, that's true. Because when you that's how you get rich, right? You don't spend your own money; you spend other people's money. That's how the rich get richer. Gucci Mane, Gucci Mane probably just got to some of his low level like drug dealers buying the tickets. But if all of a sudden, you know, next billing cycle, the zone has a couple thousand dollars rung up on it, it's because <laughs> zone expenses. They'll be like, wait, hang on. Cause you can't, we can't, we can't even get credentialed. By the way, you have to be a Milwaukee market or specifically Milwaukee or specifically Phoenix market to get credentialed. Like our guy Jocko, who joined us last Wednesday, he said he couldn't even get credentialed, so he had to do it out in the Deer District. What Deer District could be lit. I mean, if you're gonna go, I'd love to know. Mike called in earlier, said he's going. I need to. I need to. I need everyone who's going to let me know. I'm probably not gonna go. I enjoy watching it from my house. That I could party responsibly and come celebrate on air with you. Uh, and everyone out there Wednesday, so maybe we'll do that. One thousand and thirty-eight dollars to seventeen thousand dollars on the secondary market, and that that was yesterday. They're going to be even more expensive today. And just wait till before. Today. Yeah, imagine getting down there and trying to scalp tickets. <laughs> God, we should. Anyone? Want You're going to need the money that that I Suns fan the money. had yeah. just to get in. Was, is there not a bigger douche? Then the Phoenix Suns fan from Saturday night who was flashing the, what do you have, like 12, whatever the ATM limit was probably in the stadium is what it so was. So I, I, I did see a funny tweet about him because obviously most people are ragging on the guy because well, you, look you like should. An, you look like an idiot. Well, the funniest thing was I saw this tweet that said, it was like part of me is hoping the the Bucks don't close it out in six because I need to see one more game of the Arizona fan base. <laughs> the Arizona fan base is very bizarre, isn't it? If your workout includes bailing hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, that sounds like a great workout to Aaron and I, too. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report and for Pam. And now from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. Midwest Farm Report intern Michelle Stangler visits with Kevin Opperman of Stoneman's Famous Sweet Corn in Fitchburg. 
We've been selling sweet corn for 59 years here on our family farm in Fitchburg. Uh, we started in 1963 when my grandfather uh, started raising sweet corn to give to the neighbors to help prevent cross-pollination from a seed farm that was across the road. The demand grew as Fitchburg and Madison grew. Uh, more and more people came out and found their sweet corn and got it here from us. And now we have people who came here as a little kid with their grandparents or, or great-grandparents and, and are bringing their kids. So uh, people are, are looking for for home farm fresh sweet corn and, and we're the place to get it so far it's been great uh, we've had a very successful opening weekend and uh, we're looking forward to a great season so what should consumers have in mind for this year when purchasing sweet corn was it a good year for sweet corn yeah the weather has certainly been a little bit challenging but we've gotten timely rain uh, when we needed them. So far, everything looks really good. Uh, we increased our production by about 50% based on the demands from last year. And so we'll have 21 acres of, of hand-picked fresh sweet corn available from now until about Labor Day. So when consumers are grilling them or um, doing different things with them, you obviously want to keep the flavor in the corn when you're grilling. And I'm excited to have sweet corn myself. But what should consumers keep in mind? Do you have any tips for them? We recommend um, a couple different ways. Certainly people love to grill it, and, and that's always a good option. But we, one of the most common questions we get is, how do I cook this for a large family gathering? And the way we recommend that is to uh, do what we call free, uh, cooler corn, where you put in the, the cobs once you've husked them, put them right into a cooler, and then pour on uh, a couple pots of hot water, close the cooler, and about 45 minutes later, you'll have your, your dozens ready for your family picnic or, or family reunion or whatever it is that you're having this summer. Now that we can uh, gather again and, and people are excited to have those parties this summer. Uh, cooler corn is, is a very easy way to have enough corn to feed uh, everyone that's coming and, and not have to stand over the grill or, or worry about filling his pots on the stove all, all the whole time. You can just put it ahead of time and enjoy the company of friends and family. What a great tip. Now, for me, my mom would always say, it's your turn to husk the corn. It happened to be every time that I would have to husk the corn. <laughs> do you have any tips on how to do it faster? What we would recommend is cutting off the end, uh, the, the bottom of the shank. Start there, cut it off with a knife, and then peeling those husks is much faster and much easier. Um, and then uh, the hardest part and the, the most time-consuming part is always getting those silks off. And we don't have a solution for that, but if you come up with one, let us know because we'd love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was Midwest Farm Report intern Michelle Stangler with Stoneman's Famous Sweet Corns, Kevin Opperman. I had a row of sweet corn in my garden this year coming up beautifully in early June. The ground squirrels, though, got in there, and every day I'd have a few less stalks coming up. Now I have no more sweet corn, and I am welcoming suggestions. How do I keep those guys out? Our talk text line, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. We'll be back with your market update right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. 
you should reach out to us and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compere Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Don't miss complete coverage of Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, July 20th through the 22nd in Eau Claire. Coming to the show? Come see us on the 20th by the Rural Event Center with Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. And catch us by Innovation Square in booth 632 with Rank Seed. Let us take care of your seed. Family owned and operated in Sun Prairie for over 85 years. Grow with Rank at 1-800-BUY-RANK. See you at Farm Technology Days in Eau Claire. Good morning. Aaron Zimmerman back here on the Midwest Farm Report this morning. We'll look at your markets in just a minute. But first, the USDA released a new crop progress and condition report yesterday afternoon. And things are looking pretty good for the state of Wisconsin. It seems that much of our crop development across the state has seemed to catch up. Corn is currently reported at 34% silking one day ahead of last year and now three days ahead of the five-year average, and 1% has now reached dough stage. In soybeans now, 69% are reported blooming, which is one day behind last year, but eight days ahead of the average. 28% are now setting pods, which is five days ahead of the average. Crop condition isn't looking too shabby either. Corn condition rated at 76% good to excellent, and soybean condition at 72% good to excellent, both only one percentage point below last week. Our small grain harvest is also ahead this year, oats being at 6% harvested currently, and winter wheat at 25% harvested. Potatoes are also starting to get harvested in the state of Wisconsin at 3% complete, and their condition is rated at 95% good to excellent. The report also showed that our second crop hay is now 87% complete, which is nine days ahead of both last year and the average. And now that we're that close to having second crop finished, some people are already started on third crop, and 12% of third crop is already complete. Hay condition was rated at 71% good to excellent, only one percentage point below last week. Now let's take a look at your market report with the overnight trade here in the morning. December corn is currently at 562 up nine and three quarters from yesterday. November soybeans at 1392 and three quarters up 20. September wheat is up 15 and three quarters at 713 and a half. Looking at milk contracts, the August contract is currently at 1667 unchanged from yesterday, but the September contract is up 2 cents at 1728. Yesterday on the close, barrel cheese finished at $1.45 up a penny, 40-pound blocks at 161 and a half unchanged from the day before. Double A butter finished up three and a half at 171 and a quarter. Stephanie and I will both be back in just a minute seeing what's going on and having a chat with John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, Wisconsin. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When's the last time you reviewed your motorcycle insurance policy? You should call Prairie Land Insurance. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009, Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. When it comes to putting a room together, I'm brilliant. No idea where you come up with these things. You didn't put the room together. I can just scribble an idea down on a piece of paper and voila! You drew the room and handed it to a lazy boy interior designer. I don't know how I do it. These ideas just come to me. Your idea was to go to lazy boy. That's all anyone has to do. I mean, I'm not bragging. You're totally bragging. But a little planning and you could have a home that looks like this. Anybody can do that. It just takes a simple meeting with a lazy boy interior designer. It takes about an hour, then they take it from there. It just feels good to have it all come together like this. I can finally put my feet up and relax. You've had your feet up the whole time. It's time to order your custom designs for summer delivery. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor Madison. East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. I pull up to the house, I'm like, ugh, we can't have that ugly house, you know. We really needed to replace the siding. We ended up going with Prairie Exteriors. Their pricing was really reasonable. I drive up to my house now, I'm like, oh my gosh, my house looks so nice now. It looks so amazing. I was so impressed. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com This looks phenomenal. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. And Aaron Zimmerman with the Midwest Farm Report back here. And if anybody knows anything about the Chicago Board of Trade, it's going to be John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Uh, good morning, John. Uh, what are things looking like this week in the commodity markets You know, now that we're getting into a new week? Well, we had a pretty difficult day yesterday across uh, the broad-based commodity market. Actually, we got to go touch on those outside markets. What kind of happened there? Strong drop in equity markets, as well as about a you know an eight percent drop in crude oil prices. Just kind of have what with those lovely risk-off days, as we like to call them, and prices really saw some pressure. <laughs> Uh, especially, you know, soybean complex and the livestock complex uh, for the most part, you know, the day was uh, on the lower end of things. was a little encouraged to see how the corn market hung in there as well as the wheat markets. Uh, and especially that wheat market is going to be something that's going to be really a focus here uh, going forward because it seems to be a bit of a leader at this time frame. So at least so far this morning, looks like we got some stability. Uh, the stock market looks like it wants to recover a little bit here. Crude oil is at least uh, a little bit firmer, you know, and that's allowing the markets here in the grain side of the equation, at least to be a little bit firmer on the overnight, especially after we saw those crop ratings again yesterday afternoon. So talking about those grain markets there, we, we saw that crop progress report come out yesterday afternoon. You know, looking at the way things are looking in the state of Wisconsin, what does that mean for markets? And, and you know, we, we're seeing some different things, I guess, aren't we? 
Yeah, we are. And obviously, one of the things that's really been a focus of the markets is the Northern Plains, what's going on in the in that basically three-state region of Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota. You know, we first off, let's just look at the spring wheat market. Yesterday, dropped another 5% on good to excellent, down to 11% good to excellent for that spring wheat crop. Most noticeably, though, was the jump in the poor to very poor, up to 63%. So that crop is definitely uh, basically cooked for lack of a better word at this time frame we're watching those prices help push that spring wheat uh, the, excuse me the wheat market in general higher it looks like spring wheat's going to at least be targeting you know a, a 2012 high around that ten dollar window we're trading 9 30 again this morning uh, so we'll have to see how that kind of plays out all of a sudden the wheat market here in the last couple of days or basically last week or so starting to get some more headlines that all of a sudden this market's a little more concerned about the supply side of the equation globally and that's what's keeping that market fueled up and that'll help you know, carry over into corn as well so we'll have to kind of watch that as in terms of what's you know if that market can become a leader we've seen that happen in the history and past uh, you know where it can pull prices along you know corn you know in terms of the crop ratings just say you know corn has improved uh, just a tick or two one percentage point we're not too far underneath last year so but so we got this battle going on in the corn market right now between the really good stuff in the south and the east versus the really poor stuff in the north you know does that balance out you know, where does that put that yield? So I'm a little cautious what corn might do here if we keep getting some strength. I think it's a window for producers to want to make some sales into this window if you feel comfortable doing that or making sure we're at least putting some protection underneath. And it seems like kind of these markets have been kind of up and down and back and forth. You know, do you think as we get closer to new crop, it's ever going to kind of steady out or do you think it's going to kind of keep bouncing back and forth till we get there? Well, the volatility is going to stay high. We can see that in the price swings yesterday. You got a soybean market that moved basically 40 cents from high to low yesterday. And, you know, we haven't seen a corn move under 10 cents here for, and, you know, on a daily trade for quite a while. So just that's part of that's not going anywhere. Some of that, again, is just the, the elevation of price, the amount of players in the market and things moving quickly. You know, beans could turn into a trader's market really fast where you see things jump in and out as they're looking at 20 cent swing and taking profits one way or another, you know, that probably is what we're looking at again here today, being up 20 cents on the overnight session. You know, last couple of weeks here, actually last month or so here, the overnight sessions really don't give us a good direction of where the day is going to go. So we'll have to see how things kind of play out. You know, that soybean market, I like it longer term. We still just got an extremely tight supply. And again, we talk about those northern plains, 22% of the acreage for this year's soybean crop is planted in those three states again, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, and the ratings continue need to struggle. John, it's it's Stephanie on the line too with you today. The wheat not doing too good. I mean, we're we're talking to the bullpen. Is this going to bring bread prices up? Well, you know, in general, when we see grain prices higher, obviously that's going to have a spillover effect into the, you know, the food sector. We'll have to see how that kind of plays out. You know, globally, the wheat side of the equation has been pretty good in terms of supply, and that's kind of been a, you know, a cap on prices. But obviously, if things take off to historical levels, that will trickle down into the consumer, and we should see that at least in some some facet. Now, it depends how long this happens. If this carries into another year, you know, that obviously will then become a major factor come into play you know so there's a lot of little variables that come into that food price but you know that base food cost though obviously is still going to be reflected by the the cost of the underlying commodity that goes into it and we've been talking about the volatility in the in the grain crop market but in dairy that's kind of the same story 
The yeah, dairy market's got its own set of issues. And, you know, we started out last week pretty friendly in price. Things were looking like we were tra- starting to trend higher. And all of a sudden, here comes Thursday and boom, limit down. And now we're back retesting the lows. And the biggest thing we're starting to run into in the dairy side of the equation, obviously, production's been good. We're finally seeing some seasonal slowdown maybe there just because of hot, dry weather and, hot, you know, the warmer forecasts uh, reducing production. Some of the problems now is the logistics, just getting product moved. And we're starting to see it back up into the domestic side of the equation as we got congestion in the ports and things of that nature and that's what's kind of coming into play we've seen cheese prices uh, kind of on the lower end of the scale here and you know milk prices at 17 dollars plus uh, at least at this window look a little bit elevated and a little cautious that we got some more downside in front of these markets especially in those later months now we talked about both grain and dairy here let's talk a little bit tell us what's going on in the livestock side of things well, livestock markets, you know, cattle markets have really been just trying to find some direction. We just seem to have, you know, we don't have enough packing capacity and we're holding cattle about 120,000 head a day on the slaughter. And it just seems to kind of be pushing the pile along. And that's just been what's keeping the cash market quiet and keeping the futures market in check as well. You know, still like the longer term, we got a lot of cattle moving in terms of uh, the cow side of the equation that could tighten things up well into next year. And we're seeing that it kind of reflected in those prices, but at least right now the cattle side of the equation is looking pretty sideways and and maybe cautious to the downside hogs on the other hand it's all about demand and where we are in terms of the the export side the domestic demand you know we need to see export sales continue to ramp up obviously the global picture for support supplies is still relatively tight and that market like the rest of them has been kind of a trader's market and really seems to move around very quickly and John, I know the western part of the U.S. has really been seeing some heat. We know droughts and heat impact crops, but it also impacts livestock. Yeah, it does. And I think that's still a building story, especially in the cattle market going forward. You know, what happens with liquidation of some of the cow herds? You know, we're seeing cow slaughter up uh, at a, you know strongly over the last handful of years. So that's, again, one of the reasons I like the longer term picture in the cattle market, you know, as the competition for feed is out there and these cattle just basically don't have a place to go and we move them out of the system. That's just going to tighten up the supply going into next year. And again, we're already starting to see that a little bit in some of the prices, but it still feels like we got a little bit more upside potential as supplies continue to tighten just because of the impacts of the weather in the West. All righty. Now, do you see that those, you know, those cows, are they moving out of the system completely or do you think they're going back into production with someone else, some other place? We've seen some flow from place to place, but, you know, again, slaughter on the years are about 11% higher than last year in terms of cow slaughter. You know, so we are seeing a portion of those animals actually leave the system in terms of the beef cow side of it. You know, so at that time frame, you know, some of the producers I've been around just don't want to deal with the feed costs and those issues. They've just been moving those cattle out. And again, that should be reflected probably longer term in this cattle market. All right, John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, Wisconsin. If you want to reach him, uh, their toll-free number is 800-344-9779. That's 800-334-9779. And check him out on the web at TotalFarmMarketing.com. Again, that's John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, Wisconsin. Thanks for joining us this morning, John. Thanks. Have yourself a great week. You too. Thank you very much. This 